Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How's it going, Cody? Jordan, it's going great. I got to ride a motorcycle. Today. Yeah, yeah, you. Oh, yeah, no, no. I almost forgot that I wanted to do this on the show, as usual, bring up the crap. You were 15 minutes late. It gets around 8 o'clock when we usually record. I call call you. And, like It's like, oh, are you at work? And he's like, oh, no, it's much worse. I'm like, what's up? Oh, yeah, I forgot I was riding my motorcycle. It's so much so that you rode your motorcycle, were at the store, and didn't realize you were late until I called you. Yep, that is correct. You called me, I answered the Facebook call while I was sitting, filling up a Diet Coke, and was like, ew. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. I have this thing that I've been doing for the last entire year, every Thursday, almost. Jordan is gonna be mad at me. I mean, when have I never, like, when have we started this and I've been, like, perfectly happy? I think it's only been, like, maybe ten episodes. Yeah, it's not frequent that you're... (laughs) It's it's not at all. No, no, no. It's, it's... It sounds like a gimmick, but it's not. <laughs> it is not a gimmick. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a gimmick. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm extremely mad all the time. Anyways, Cody, what have you been into recently? Um, You know, I'm trying to think of a really good answer to that. <laughs> the answer is nothing. I've been staring at the emptiness, just listening to um, The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. I started listening to an audiobook called Cinder, which is a young adult book based on Cinderella. Um, it's got some problems. Hey, um, hmm. No crap! Duh! Duh! but it's not that bad. What are the problems? Actually, I want to hear this. What are the problems? Because I'm thinking of certain problems, but they're probably not those. I, hmm, I don't want to admit what the problems are. No, 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 please! Admit what the problems are. On for the whole entire world, we have a listener in Hungary. I looked at our analytics. At least either a listener in Hungary or the freaking um, IP is bouncing. But either way, the whole world is listening, Cody. Please tell me. What are the problems? Well, okay. Just, just keep <laughs> I have a smile on that no one can see it. I'm just so happy right now. Just keep in mind, this is not the sole inspiration for my world. Just keep that in mind before you. Oh yeah, judge and also my world. you said it's a yellow card when the topic is pick any topic. Well, the topic is not pick any. Oh, sorry, topic it's and... redo a previous topic, which is right. pretty much since we've done fifty episodes, pick any topic. That's very true. I, anyways, um. So the problem with it is, in the future, there's humans. Well, there's like humans. In the future, there's, there's humans. Holy crap. Well, let me finish. There's humans. There's Moonians. There's cyborgs. Are they actually called androids. Moonians, or is that you just being Cody? They're not called Moonians. Okay, thank God. But they're called, like, Mooners. No, Mooners. <laughs> I Mooners. hope not. <laughs> we have a whole planet of Mooners. Look at my uh, butt. <laughs> no, no, no. Lunars. Lunars is what they're called. Lunars have space magic that can let them do nebulous things. I'm not fully sure what. Um, And then cyborgs are, like, treated as property, um, which, okay. But they're still people, right? Well, that's the confusing part, because the answer is yes. It's like, the way you become a cyborg is you're in an industrial accident, and you get your leg cut off, and then they give you a new leg. 
Yeah, so... After that, you become property for some reason, and it's not, like, well, because, it because of debt. Oh, I was about to say, it's because of paying off the leg, but it's not. No, 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 no. It's, like, legs are affordable and everywhere. Like, it's pretty frequent. So then why it's just, do you become a slave? There's just a huge stigma against cyborgs, and they don't really ever explain why there's a stigma around cyborgs. Like, the main character is Cinderella, and she is stigmatized for a very good reason. She was adopted by her father. How dare she? Well, Stig- was let's then, stigmatize well, her adopted people. They suck. Well, Cutting I should say, out. she was not, ex- you know, she was adopted by someone besides her birth parents, and then was brought home, and then her adoptive father died, and her adoptive mother did not want to have an adopted child. So the story is Cinderella. So then... Yeah, so then Cinderella's mom doesn't like her because she's like, I just feel burdened with you. But technically, like, when you have a child, that child's not independent. Like, my son is, he's not my property, but you know what I mean. It's like, if he does something wrong, I'm responsible for that. But also, he can't, like, just have his own stuff. It's like, none of his stuff is his stuff. It's all my stuff that I'm letting him have. Um, Which... Right, so it makes sense that that's true for her, but then they're just like, that's true of all of society. And I'm like, so you're telling me if there's like a guy who's an industrial worker and he gets his leg cut off, and then he gets a robot leg, now his wife owns him, and he is a slave. There's not like auctions, though. There's not like cyborg auctions. Well, I'm glad there's not auctions, because, you know, that's going to get like really uncomfortable territory. Well, but but that would almost make more sense in that it's like a real historic analog. Yeah, but you that, know that teen books never cover real historic analogs. I mean, that they, they definitely do. I mean, this is Cinderella. It's a real historic analog. It was set in medieval times. There's medieval okay, can stuff. Can you going shut on. up and just get on? But I my said point something is, stupid. And I'm sorry. It just doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, well, but why does? Because like, right? So she's in love with the prince, but she's like, oh, I can't tell him that I'm a cyborg. I'm like, why? Because you have a, it's a teen drama. And I mean, so she has a robot arm and a robot leg. Wait, and she's wait, like, wait, what's her name? Um, Edward Elric? No, Cinder. Uh, yeah, because yeah, well. she has a robot armor. Is her brother a giant suit of armor that she t- put his soul into? Uh, no. Did well, they try actually, to resurrect their mother? Kind of. All of those things. Are you kidding? Just, so, this is just full metal this, off This then leads to the last thing. There's also androids, which are semi-sentient robots. Are they the are treated lower than the androids? N- not exactly, kind of different. Like the androids just aren't programmed to care that they're enslaved, and they're not really in ins- like, you know, um, it's sort of like Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Um, you know, where like the the tanks talk. But they're still kind of treated like tanks. It's like that. Well, because they are tanks, yeah. Right. So that's kind of... there's There are androids, but no one's, like, losing any sleep over them. But people kind of get nostalgic for them, I guess. So it's... That, to me, again, makes sense. It's like, okay, this is a really smart computer, but it's still a computer. But the main character, Cinder, has a human brain, was born a human, and then got an arm replaced. And I'm like, that happens now. Like, that's not <laughs> sci-fi... People have bionic limbs now that are functionally the same as what you're talking yeah, but about. They can't use transmutation circles. R- yeah, right, right. And I'm like, but so why? That's the part of it that confuses me the most right now. And everyone hates people from the moon because they have space magic. But that makes sense. There's well, actually I mean, that's just something. Saga. This book well, is stealing. 
And there's something functionally different with them that makes them, like, a danger to society. Are they half they can, animal people? No, they can just, like, mess with people's brains. Like, they have, like, brain control powers automatically. Like, all of them do. It's just, like, a thing about being from the moon. Okay, so here's my issue with this. This sounds like an interesting world. It's not bad. It's just there's one little part of it that every time it comes up, I'm just like, but why, though? Like, it makes sense for a little kid, but... If you're 40 and then you become a cyborg, how does someone now just, it's not, again, it's not a debt thing. It's not that expensive to get this procedure done. So why does, it doesn't give you any advantage, really. I mean, her arms aren't like stronger than regular arms. So she's not like Battle Angel Alita. No, 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 so no, no. She's, she's so it's just, just normal person with normal strength. She has a com- compartment in her leg where she can hide things, but she's not like really fast. So it's it's literally just like the prosthetics of today. Yeah, someone tries Whereas to stab her. Like, if someone got lost their arm, they wouldn't be like a superhuman. It's just yeah. they now have a prosthetic arm. It's like better than they are now because it's still like pretty hindering and for the main character it's like not at all in a way that makes it even more confusing because it's like so what's actually the matter with you like my pants are dirty like okay get out of here like what what is this come on okay well that that's what you've been doing recently huh it is you look bored jordan I'm no sorry i'm not I'm bored, bored. i'm just no like, it's fine i'm borderline intrigued with this world but also it sounds stupid enough that it will make me mad if i read it it's a very popular young adult book, and I had an itch. I, I'm definitely, I don't know if I can go back to young adult <laughs> quite. <laughs> I, I read the, recently read the first Hunger Games, well, recently, like five years ago, read the first Hunger Games, tried to read the second, and then I was like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, those So I watched ones. the movies, they were fine. Well. Fine. You, you know what I mean when I say fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Did you love them? Do you hate them? What's wrong with you? I thought the first one was okay, and then they just kept making those movies, and I'm like, oosh. Yeah, and then they split the last one into two movies when it definitely didn't need to be two movies. Oh, it really didn't. A lot of movies do that now where they're like, well, Well, Harry Harry Potter Potter made two, and I'm like, Harry Potter filled two movies. PC. One that made me laugh really hard was um, the Divergent series. They split the last movie in two, but they didn't make enough money to get the second movie out, so just... Ended and there's no ending. <laughs> just yeah. There's no follow up. It just it's done. It makes me so sad because like we wanted to see how it ended. And it just doesn't ever. I think my in laws got into that series. Like um, <laughs> I think one of Mandy's sisters was really into it, and then she like got her parents into it, and they are like mad at Divergent. They're like, what the heck? We were invested. <laughs> yeah, and then it just it just ceased. <laughs> Which like. Being honest with ourselves, Divergent is really bad, but you oh, know, yeah. it was trying to capitalize on Oh, yeah, it's on very bad, games. but, you know, it just, I don't know. I don't think I can go back to young adult fiction right now. Like, there's there's some that's really good, but just, especially some of the newer stuff is a lot of, like, the same thing where they're trying to be this, like, weird dystopia type thing, and it's just... Yeah, Cinder has the weird dystopia like, thing going on. We did this on like, Teen Dystopia World episode, where it's just, like, it's not... Always good, guys. Your dystopias aren't creative. They don't, like, strike anything for me. They're just weird and bad. I mean, there was definitely the also, thing... Also, it's always up to a teen to fix the world. It's like, that's not true. <laughs> Where Sometimes you're just a teen. Th- Cinder had to be like, Ugh, it's World War Seven. Like, uh, 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 
Well, I guess I gotta go rewrite my world right now. I'm kidding. I don't do World War Seven. I do eight. Yeah, you gotta be even more hardcore. I gotta be edgier. World War Twenty Five. There is just one. There's just two people left because of all the wars, and they're fighting. So therefore, it's World War. <laughs> but anyways, anything else on your um, list of things? No, I think that's it. Okay, mine because he is gonna go really quick because you probably haven't seen it yet. But I just saw um, the new Spider-Man movie last week. Oh, I might see it this weekend actually. Okay, we can talk about it next week. But I'll just say I did not like Homecoming, but I loved this one. You didn't like Homecoming? We've done this three times on the show. Yeah, but why though? Because it was Tony Stark, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man wasn't okay. actually himself. Okay. I do. I, I, I remember now. This. Three times on the show. No, I just, I needed you to say Tony Stark Spider-Man, and I immediately it was, it was, remember yeah, what you were Tony talking Stark about. Tony Stark Spider-Man, but this one, it, no spoilers, it was good. I loved it. My mom asked if she would like it. I said, maybe not, because it's definitely targeted more towards teenagers. Like, with the other Marvel movies, it feels like it's for everyone, but Spider-Man specifically feels like it's definitely a teen movie. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think that was true with I think that's good, though. Like, that was true for Homecoming, which I liked. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely and, true for this one. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's kind of what Peter Parker's supposed to be. He's kind of supposed to be yeah, the kid. Yeah, and I mean, that's when I connected with it most was when I was a kid and teen. Was I was really into Spider-Man stuff. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I get it. I'm a 27-year-old man who's probably not going to connect with every teenage superhero. I understand. That's probably why some anime isn't hitting for me now. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. I mean, I just know that it's meant for, like, not necessarily my age group, so I can kind of move past it with anime, especially. Like, when it's coming-of-age stories, like, okay, it's a coming-of-age story. Well, coming-of-age stories always hit. (laughs) Well, but they're meant for younger people. Now, there's stuff that's, like, meant for younger people that's nauseating, and then I can't Hey, Cody, you know what you need to do before I literally pull out all of my hair, like, strand by strand? You need to watch Fully Cooly Alternative. Screw Progressive, watch Alternative. But, Jordan, the thing is, I'm watching Gilmore Girls right now. Hey, Cody, do you want to see a bald co-host with sores all over his head next week? Because that's what you're going to see. I'm going to pull out all of my hair. Strand by strand. That's the weirdest thread I've ever made in my life. Anyways. That is strange. That's kind of like saying you're going to hold your breath. Yeah, probably. Anyways, so yeah, that's really all Spider-Man, and then I watched a bunch of Queer Eye, and um, yeah, that's pretty much where I've been. It's just been really busy at work, so I haven't done too much like the last few weeks. Anyways, I got a pretty long world, so let's get into it. Cody, what was last week? You should prepare. Oh, I do this every week. You should be prepared. Man, Jordan, last week It's a topic was... that I hate. Time travel. There we go. Yeah, which is a shame because I like time travel. So what did I do, Cody? I um, you did the thing where basically the world just became time soup, and then time cups became a thing. Yeah. And my world was you could only travel forward in time, so and then basically <laughs> all of society gave up on current and just kept jumping forward forever, hoping things would get better, and they never did because everyone kept ditching on reality. Yeah. No, I mean. When you state it like that, it's really depressing, but I did like what you did. Um, So, Cody, (laughs) this week we rolled Redo a Previous Topic. We did. And you texted me earlier, which I hope was a joke, saying that you might have had a yellow card. I almost definitely have a yellow card. Okay, I don't get how you do that when you could have just picked a different world. But here we go with the roll. 
ooh, you might actually win this time. I rolled a seven. Wow, you beat me by one. Woo! I rolled a six. I get to go first. For the first time in months. All right. So are you going to just go or are you going to tell me what world you picked? So this... <laughs> this is why it's a yellow card. I was trying to figure out what world I wanted to do. And nothing was really coming to mind. And then the world that I wanted to do came to mind. And it was not because I picked a world to redo. I just decided what world I wanted to do. Cody. And then Why don't that. you follow the props? Why, why do you do this? But what I'm going to say... You literally made the, like... You made this show. You like no, picked no, what you're going to do, fine. and you just don't follow the prompts. <laughs> it's a cyberpunk world, and it is a cyberpunk world. I forgot that we had done a cyberpunk we world. We didn't do a cyberpunk world. That was one that I rolled for me and Sabrina to do. Shoot! <laughs> so you've uh, done a complete red card now. Then, no, no, it's robots then. I'm redoing our robots world. Okay, I'll just cut out the part where you completely effed up. <laughs> No, I think I think you should definitely leave that in. That's really funny. Because here's what happened. I came up with this world, and I'm like, there's no way that I couldn't make this fit into one of our lists. Oh my gosh, so you built the world first. <laughs> my, I built the world, and then was like, now figure out which one it replaces later. We've done like 50. There's no way. There was not a world that... There was not a three-word description for a world that would not fit this. So I'm like... Okay, it'll be fine. Oh my gosh, dude. Hence, possible yellow card. Cody, I just, I don't even know what to say to you right now. I'm not uh, mad, like you can see the smile on my face, but I just don't even know what to say to you. <laughs> like, I think you broke me. Jordan, what, can I please do my world? Don't give me it's that. It's very, huh? Don't give me that. What? Well, look, you're just, you're interrupting. This is like kind of my time right now, you know? Oh, yeah, roll roll first once and then get all high and mighty with me. Yeah, I'm going to get all high. It's my time right now. All right? Says the guy who interrupts me as soon as I speak every single time. Go ahead, Cody. You ready? I'll shut up. No, go ahead. So this is like the subheading for the world. Um, it's called Robot Redo. I really thought it would have mattered. A light rain falls on dirty streets. People say that rain makes things cleaner. I think rain just swirls around the rotten debris that, that crams in our gutters. Makes the city reek. Every time it rains, nature reminds us that we should not live like this. We should not ever have to smell this. When it rains, I would just want to leave. But I have a case, and an important case. William Hector Leary. Street name, Willie Hell. Well, Willie Hell, you stretched too far. That beautiful new spark that you chopped had wealthy friends, or, well, owners. So, now you're going to have to pay. Willie Held slides into the street cafe across from me. He looks like the type of chopper that would need to call himself Willie Hell to be taken seriously. But he's good at what he does. Fortunately, I'm better. Or at least maybe more determined. Yes, Jordan? Is this just um, Blade Runner? No. I almost said not, Road Runner, by the way. That's why it took a second. Is this Blade Runner? <laughs> I mean... <sighs> One could make an argument this is just Blade Runner, but it's not. <laughs> Go ahead. The The thing ends up being different. What, what ends up happening ends up being different. Willie stands to leave, to walk out into that vomit-inducing rain. Great. I can't tell if it's raining more cats and dogs out there than there are in my soup. As I stand to take 
As I stand to make my way out into the street, my blood runs cold. Vicky walked in. My rusted spark looks over at me with their smooth metallic face, scanning. Tal, good to see you. I have information for your investigation. Vicky, shut up and get out of here. My name is not Vicky. I am a Victory Industries Model 5. That does not mean my name is Vicky. Anyway, you commanded me to find info on Vicky! Sit down! And could you please stop? I'm in the middle of an incognito meal, if you know what I mean. Oh. 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 So, William Hector Leary is here. You were looking for him. He can hear me. I will stop now. Okay, so. My world is set in Neo Village 1, Neon District 1, Borough 5, Sunset Boulevard. It is a rainy or constantly cloudy city that Neo Village 1 is, that is to say. Um, The world, like, overall that this city is set in is kind of like a dead or barely living planet. Um, We'll kind of get into this later, but for the most part, there is nothing here that you could ever conceivably eat. It is, like, barren, and then it just gets rained on sometimes. Um, throughout the planet, though, there are these, what are called Neo Villages, which are these kind of, like, fabricated, really densely packed urban areas that are capable of sustaining human life. But other than that, it is very monochromatic and very kind of grungily dimly lit. So that is kind of the setting for my, um, shoot, Robot World. Not Cyberpunk World, definitely Robot World. I, I never remember doing Cyberpunk World. Thank God Jordan writes all these down is the exact thought you had. And it's just really funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> I could totally, I, I have done worlds that would qualify as Cyberpunk. I mean, we both have. So. And I mean, I, okay, to your defense, um, I definitely just took like a really um, general topic and um, did it. So last time we did redo a previous topic, um, I think we both just took worlds that we thought we didn't do good at and kind of redid, like, took the idea and fixed it. And so that's really what I did. I kind of had a vendetta against my um, Snake World, the um, world not on a planet. Oh, I was like, I thought you did redid Snake World. I was going to be like, yeah, snakes! <laughs> no, no. So I, I, I had a vendetta against that. So I, I created, like, not a planet. So this one... I felt like I feel comfortable with most of my worlds, and I just wanted to do like dive into something a little bit more. And this time around, I wanted to also do it in a, I guess, quote unquote, different format. So for each section, well, the first section, I do a third person story, and then each section kind of starts out with like a little skit between two characters, and then I go into the explanation. So I kind of just did more of a story format. So if anybody would like to give us feedback definitely send me email to let me know how you like like of this format i might keep doing it it takes a lot of time to write so i might not but i definitely tried something new this time anyways the topic i decided to redo was magic oh yeah because just something in general and this time i took a different approach i'll talk about it a little bit more as we get further into my world but Let's go with the first part of this world called the swamp. Jody took his oar and used it to push his canoe away from the swampy shore. He had just finished gathering supplies for his home, and while he didn't have the largest haul, he was able to bring in some swamp rats and a mange dog for food. 
It would last him and his family a few days before he had to traverse the Badlands again. Not traversing the Badlands was a good thing. They were dangerous, even during the day, but of course, they were a necessity to live. Anywhere outside of the human settlement was considered the Badlands. They were rife with animals, hard to traverse, and had many poisonous plants. Some areas are worse than others, but to get the best haul, you need to go to the worst places. Jody quietly glided down the river towards the basket, his home settlement that hung gently in the trees. The basket was a shelter away from any harm in the swamp, even at night. At its core was a white tree that gained its magic from the sunstone that protruded from the ground. The white tree was the center point of the large settlement that now sat on top of the trees. The elders protect the sunstone at White Tree's base, making sure magic flows in and out of it. And in return, the sunstone provides light and protection from the, from the night. The swamp isn't the best place to live, but it is indeed the only place to live. The solid ground in the area, if you can call the muddy slop that isn't covered in water solid, is filled with life and greenery. You see, the swamp itself is magic. That's why it grows so wildly. The elders tell the people that deep underground, the sunstone continues and provides life for all. Plants seem to take up any magic in the muddy soil and grow without hindrance. The swamp is filled with life. There are many trees and flowers throughout the swamp, vines hanging from the trees, and sometimes even, have a, even seem to have a life of their own. Jody, with his own eyes, had once seen a swamp rat eaten alive by a plant. Things like that take... What? What's up? Oh, you just no, I was just going to be like, wow, this seems like a really nice swamp. Then you're like, then a giant rat got eaten by a plant. And I was like, nope, never mind. <laughs> Don't want to go on vacation there. Things like that you I'll take note of it. and avoid at all costs. The wildlife strives, so much so that the trees are so dense they completely block out the sky in some areas. But the sky is always a healthy blue and the thick clouds always provide a healthy, maybe sometimes a little unhealthy amount of rain. Jody had only ever known the swamplands. There are streams and rivers that flow throughout the swamp, but even following the rivers to their ends leads to a thick forested area that cannot be passed. You can try to climb, cut, or burn, but no one had ever made it out of the swamp. No one even knows if there is an out to the swamp. Jody had seen many people try, but give up after passing a threshold just to come to another expanse of swamp. This damp, sludgy land was all they would ever know. Jody had heard of ruins of the old lost world, drowned by the swamp, but of course, he had never been given the chance to explore them, as he had to take care of his family. Family first, fun later. The elders always had tried to help, but some odd sense of pride always kept Jody from leaning on others for help. That sense of pride might lead to his downfall this time. The sun was setting, and Jody wasn't back at the basket yet. With the sunset, the skulls would come for him. Jody knew this, but still risked it by staying out later to get a bigger haul. Jody knew what time the sun started to fall. It was a little after the time when the shadows all pointed east. He knew he needed to hurry. And for a second, there was hope. He saw the basket far in the distance, illuminated by the apricot-colored shards of the sunstone. The dingy brown houses rested on the tree branches. They were connected together through a series of bridges made of wood and swamp vines. Their homes are constructed of any materials found out in the swamp. This even met the mud to help reinforce the roofs. It smelled, but it did its job. The white tree glowed like a beacon even as the sun was setting, giving Jody that false sense of hope. 
He believed he was almost there, but it was still so far away. There was no safety out there in the Badlands, and the Skulls would be coming for him soon. Jody lit a lantern and set it at the front of his canoe, fearing the worst. He began to paddle faster, but tried to maintain a calm. The sun fell and night rose. Jody was almost there, just one last push, and he would be in the safety of the docks below the city where the guards sat, ready with arrows to take on the skulls. But Jody didn't make it. Behind him, he heard a loud creak and felt the weight of his boat shift. Jody set down his paddles and turned around slowly to greet his new guest. A large, wispy shadow sat in front of him, topped with the skull of a feigned deer. Two little antlers poked up from the skull and would have been non-threatening if Jody did not feel the malice coming off of the shadowy body in front of him. The skull rose up, towering over Jody, but Jody did not move a muscle. Whoosh! The skull let out a quick exhale, extinguishing the lantern behind Jody. Jody's screams for help cut through the swamp. End of part one. So, you get the basic picture of his giant swamp. Um, and there's a settlement in the trees um, that surround this white tree that's on top of the sunstone that provides magic and energy for the land. Can it just be a yellow card that you just wrote a short story again? No. No, because I followed the prompt. I created a magic world. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, did I not do world building in that part? Please tell me I didn't. Uh, Please tell me I didn't. No, I mean, I'm, do I'm doing the same thing. I'm just saying you always gave me grief about no, it. No, I'm just, I'm just saying I created a world. I, I like it. I do. I like it. Just saying. Do the same thing. I get grief. You want to fight, dude? I do a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I always want to fight. I mean, fight. yeah, I know you always want to fight. I try not to go into it, but I always end up going into it. <clears throat> All right. You ready for section two? Yeah, not really. Let's do something else. <laughs> Fine. You know, let's have a different podcast, because I don't think I'm ready for section two of what we usually do on this show. <laughs> Tal, you should stop. Why would I do that? You have been shot three times. Yellow card. I the never holes... heard him get shot. <laughs> the holes help with my aerodynamics. You're bleeding. Less weight makes me run faster. You are likely to pass out. That will only All happen. All the better to happen... see you with, my dear. <laughs> that will only happen if I stop running. Water and blood mix as I sprint down claustrophobic streets. The neon district is duality made manifest. Bright lights cast harsh shadows. The illusion of safety is shattered as glowing signs that read open 50% off discount sparks, spark parts, real fresh food, bar, saloon, real girls, affection sparks, medical repairs. These signs all flash by and blend as I run through the rain. I can feel my vision growing hazy. My thoughts slow. I focus on Willie Hell, but my eyes keep getting drawn to the green-purple ripples and the splashing left by his footfalls. The water seems to be moving in slow motion. Water and blood mix. The pavement starts to turn sideways. Okay, so we're going to talk about sparks mostly in this section that on paper is about flora and fauna. <laughs> so, sparks are the... Don't roll your I eyes at me. I didn't roll my eyes at you, Cody. Continue. You rolled your eyes. Sparks is the colloquial term for what are basically big helper androids. Okay. Um, they have blank-ish faces, so there's not like really like nice, cute, glowy eyes and a, like a Wally face. There's basically just like a can on the top of their torso. Um, 
what a spark actually is and what spark actually was way back in the past is a very advanced audio processing program. So there's other stuff now that is considered to be part of a spark, but when they came out, a spark was basically your cell phone that was good at talking back to you. Scarlett Johansson. Is that you? Yeah. 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 It basically started out as her, um, except with less personality. Her um, the movie, not her Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Her, the movie about cell phones that became alive. So that's kind of how Sparks started out. They were personal assistants. It became common for everyone to have one. And then through the course of time, they just found out it would be helpful to make them move. But what Sparks really are is just this thing that has the ability to talk back to you. So Sparks are not always robots, but frequently now that is what is common. Um... They're also extremely customizable. So there's a large market around building them and changing them and swapping parts and, you know, like repainting them, customizing them to make them look a certain way. Um, So same thing that they're basically is for cell phones or cars now. These are basically the combination of the two. Now, aside from Sparks on this planet, there are no animals i need to figure out where i talk about something okay yeah so there's really no animals and no plants it is like a sloppy soil that surrounds these big cities so food largely has to be fabricated um fortunately technology in this world is advanced enough that that's possible they can basically just make food from like raw chemicals and turn that into something edible by humans but There are not really animals around live on this planet anymore. And we'll get in the later section. We'll get into why that is. You don't have to explain that. Come on. Right, right. That that comes in later. But so really the only non-human maybe life that there is on this planet are the sparks. And then whatever, like, there are luxury animals around, but not really. They're not common. And definitely none native to this area. Um, And then just kind of, this is a little bit of maybe the section above, but it relates to flora and fauna. It doesn't look like this planet could have ever sustained anything that we would call life beyond maybe bacteria. But the human presence in this place is kind of in spite of everything about here. The air is breathable and it rains water. That is all there is. Everything else is just like a sludgy wasteland. And then these, like, really tightly packed cities. And we'll get into where those came from in later sections. I, I like the... This is not me making fun of you, by the way, but I like the world building of just making a wasteland. Well, and uh, there is a reason in this case that it is wasteland, and that gets discussed I mean, there's later. always a reason for wasteland. You can't just build a world that starts out as a wasteland. Like, what? what well, is that world that's just like, yeah, this place was always a wasteland? It's like... And it's also a way to highlight the important part. There's not another place to go. You can't escape to the country. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I mean, but like you're saying, it's like, oh, yeah, just, it wasn't always a wasteland. It's like, I would hope not because that's a really bleak world. So, yeah, no, we flew to this planet well, that was just barren. It was like party time. Oh, no. Jordan, you're getting into spoiler territory. Oh, come on. Anywho, so this second part starts out with a conversation between Kit and Elder Mayhun. The problem with the skulls is only getting worse. More people are in danger every day, and yet we do nothing about it. 
People know when to be back in the basket. This is the only place that can protect from the skulls. If you don't listen, you only put yourself at risk. Jody was a father, a brother, and a good friend. The way you say that sounds like he deserved to be attacked by the skulls. He was only out in the Badlands to provide for his family. He must have lost track of time. We've all been there. But now he has been in the infirmary for weeks, and it is only getting worse. I did not mean to offend, but hear me. We had offered Jody help many times. Pride can be a deadly thing. We can't just blame the malice of the skulls. But Elder Mayhun, the malice is only getting stronger, and we do absolutely nothing to stop it. But what would you suggest we do, girl? The malice feeds off the wild magics of the swamp, and the only thing that protects us from that is the light of the sunstone that connects with the planet's core. We can't stop the malice, we can only protect ourselves. We can utilize the magic of the swamp too. Not only that, but we have the sunstone as well. It can destroy the malice, I've seen it. We can use the wild magics to drive them off and shards of the sunstone to create even larger borders. We drain the life around us every time we use the magics of the swamp. The true nature of magic comes from the planet itself. Because of it, the swamp sword flourishes into what we see today. The swamp is alive with the magic. If we use the magics as our own, the swamp will die and eventually so will we. Using magics is a slippery slope. It will start with driving off the skulls, and it will end with war between the tribes. We cannot have that. I understand, Elder Mahan, but what of the Sunstone? If we take the shards of the stone, eventually they will drain of their magics, and the magic will return to the soil where it belongs. That is only a quick fix for the problem. If we were to continually use the sunstone, eventually the support of our settlement will fade into nothingness, and again, we will find ourselves in trouble. So you suggest we do nothing? I suggest we continue to follow the rules. Come in before sunset, don't leave the settlement until sunrise, don't wander too far, and only take what, you can, what your boat can carry. All that and everyone should be okay. I'm sorry, Elder, but I simply can't stand for that. Kit, any action you take apart from what I have said will be warrant for punishment. Elder, any punishment you throw at me is well worth it for Jody. Okay, so explanation time. The swamp is filled with magic and grows wildly because of it. Deep underground is a large crystal that acts as the planet's core. This is the epicenter of the magic of this world. The wildlife flourishes because of it and is imbued with the energy that the planet's core provides. You keep looking like you have a question, but I can't tell if you're just looking up to look at me or if you like, want to comment. No, 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 okay, you're yeah. good. I have a comment, but no, I'll wait until the, the end. It's not... Oh, I was just going to sway. I, I, I am Swamp Moana. I didn't even think of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Swamp Ana. <laughs> Swamp Moana. Oh, I didn't. I literally didn't even think of that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was not in my mind. <laughs> you say it, it's like, oh my god, it's true. <laughs> I am Swamp Moana. <laughs> okay, the light yep. life flourishes because of it and is imbued with the energy. That, okay, I said that already, right? Okay, because yes. of it, some of the animals have magical powers. Say a swamp gator could breathe fire, or a wilder bat could use magic to propel itself without flapping its wings. All the hang on, hang on, hang on. 
solid animal names. I also know how difficult it is to come right. up with those and make them not sound stupid. Right, it's so hard to come up with animal names and not just be like, a Sure, bat. it's a wilder bat. It Screw like, it! Seriously, <laughs> like, especially um, RPG video games, like, it, I give them the utmost respect for coming up with monster animal names. Yeah, they came up with Chocobo, so uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Space. I get turned on when I get Chocoboed. <laughs> In space. <laughs> I don't know if that's oh, one worth that leaving in or if that's something that needs to be passed. No, that definitely needs to be left in because I am saying that to my <laughs> wife tonight. Okay, okay. Guys, you're hearing you're hearing the editing boundaries in this episode. I am so excited. Okay. Anyways, all of the animals are things you will find in a swamp. Bears, gators, wild dogs, many different lizards, birds, and insects, name a few. The place is filled with life, and thus it is decently easy to find food and supplies. But of course, because of the animal's magic, it takes it makes it hard to hunt. Humans can access magic as well by channeling it through materials found in the swamp, but using the magic drains it from that item. Say if you found a tree branch and channeled magic through it, that branch would wither into nothingness. The elders of the basket warn against doing this as continued or overuse of magic could have a negative effect on the world around them. Using the magic drains it from the material and eventually the material withers and dies. Continual use of the magic allows it to flow from the planet and to the humans and the atmosphere. If the magic is drained from the planet and its sunstone, then the planet will begin to die. And then there is the problem of the skulls. The skulls are malice come to life. The dead souls of ancient civilizations just can't rest, so they come alive in the form of thick, shadowy clouds. The skulls are only active at night as the light of the sun burns through their shadowy figures. They hunt and attack any human that steps outside the zone of the protruded sunstone. The people of the basket call them skulls because in order to fully materialize, the lost souls wear organic skulls on top of what will be their heads. The skull can be animal or even human. The more powerful and malicious the lost soul, the bigger the skull wears on its head. These are the things they have to deal with in the swamp. The elders forbid fighting back against the skulls, but because of the recent casualties of the swamp, the people in the basket are wanting to do something about the problem. And that is the end of part two. I like that. I, I like the kind of haunted nature. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I This is a world that I, like, as I was writing, it's like, I would love to write a full, like, story in this world. And, like, more, yeah. more than yeah. just a 20-page story. Like, I would really want to, like, have this whole conflict that I kind of built up, like, play out. I'm, I'm a fan. Thank you. I enjoy I, it. I really, I really enjoy writing this one. Anywho. Your turn. It's weird you going first. It is very weird you going first. I know. It's been so long, but this is also a time when I'll say, like, um, and this sounds mean. It, it is mean. Screw you, Cody. Okay. Yeah. Right now, I enjoy your world building more than your story, which literally never happens to me. Ow. Um, what I mean by that is, no, Zing. I'm just like. So, well, so you no, didn't. So, so, so you don't like my world building, huh? No, no, no. It's just like generally, I'd rather listen to like narrative. Well, yeah, stuff, no, I get right? that. Like, so it's not just my um, story. It's just, oh, sorry, my world. Yeah, in, yeah, whatever. In general, I'm a person that's like, I just want to hear the narrative. Screw the world building. Ironically enough, 
World Shop podcast. <laughs> right. But I am enjoying the little bits of like, ooh, that's kind of like a cool setting piece. I like that. But I got to say Swamp Moana, so I'm also kind of happy about that. <laughs> I mean, this was one where it's like, in thinking about doing this episode, it was like so many. It's like we have so many worlds, but I definitely want to do something with magic. The first thought was to do something like completely different than all the other magic ones I do. Because like usually I do is like it's somewhere in the plains and they can all use magic. But it's like, well, maybe Tundra. But then I'm like, eh, I don't really want to do like cold, icy land and everything sucks. And so I thought it's like it's like swamp water benders. That was actually what I was about to say. It's like I got huge influence from the last airbender. That's the swamp episode. Yup. I love that episode where there's hillbillies. Yeah, hillbillies swamp. They're not in my world. They're not necessarily hillbillies, but they definitely all live in the swamp and like very nature, like hippy dippy about it. Well, okay. So hippies. Yeah, it's very hippy dippy. Oh, okay, Jordan, are you ready for... You to yawn? Yes, I am very ready for you to yawn and act like you're bored. Sorry, it's because I'm tired, I just haven't been sleeping Neither a lot. Neither have I, man, but I'm alive, and I'm sweating because the air conditioning's not on, because I do this for you, audience, you 30 people who maybe listen to this show every week. Well, my AC's on. I I'm am swamping I'm getting chilled air blown down my back, it's very lovely. Oh my gosh, I'm just sitting in a pool of sweat. That's nasty. Oh, I feel nasty, dude. I'm taking a shower after this. All right, you ready? No, no. Let me talk about the sweat around my body a little bit more. Get that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start before you <laughs> yeah. do. Get that under Neon sweat. signs. I am talking. <coughs> Neon signs burn my eyes when I snap awake. The sign reads, Love Hotel. Ooh, my, my heart is still running, but I'm lying on the ground. The oil pressure feels better, but my mouth tastes like pennies, and it sounds like an old-timey phone is ringing off the hook in my ears. I've given you a shot of adrenaline and quick-patched your wounds. Vicky, you are a lifesaver. Never let me say you are not worth the money I spent on you. You have said that 337 (coughs) times since you bought me. I am not convinced that you are going to stop. Vicky, never look a gift horse in the mouth. Where is Willie? We gotta find him. He is in the dark block right up the alley. The door, there is a door with a keypad, code 8727. I believe he is alone and armed. He probably thinks that the PI that was pursuing him is dead. He is only half right. Wow, you were good at this detective thing. Almost like you were programmed for it. Wait. But you're a spark, and we're chasing a spark chopper. You should get out of here. You might get, you know, chopped. Why would that matter? My job is to help you. Yeah, but this is bad. Sparks cannot die, so why does it matter? I am here to help. That's the weird thing about sparks. Blank faces and emotionless voices. But I could have sworn I heard contempt in Vicky's voice. Me and Vicky are closer than most. We like to bicker, or at least I do. With Vicky, it's hard to tell. Sparks are everywhere, and none of us know what to think of them. Friends you can buy, servants you only have to pay once, business partners. I don't know. I bought Vicky five years ago. Since then, he's helped me with every case. Some people say they just seem alive, but it's just very complicated voice, and people say (laughs) they seem so alive, but really it's just a complicated voice analysis code module. Either way... Vicky is, well, the spark or person that I talk to the most. So, this is not Vicky's set gonna die, on Earth. isn't he, she, it. I refer to it as 
stay because oh, um, you're gonna you're gonna kill okay, you're gonna kill Vicky because it's like how you said I was setting up Magda to die. You're totally setting up Vicky to die. <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking you are about. You're totally Jordan. setting up Vicky to die. Don't deny it. I'm talking about society past right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this is not Earth. Uh, a long time no, ago, a colony. <laughs> A colony ship basically ran out of places to go and dumped its people on the nearest habitable world it could find. And it just so happened it was basically a swampy mud ball. Um, This was many, many, many generations ago, but the ships were designed to build these neo-villages, as they are called. So the reason they're called like Neo-Village 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 is because that is what the ship was built to do, is basically just plop down these like ready-made settlements, but these ready-made settlements were never meant to be like, Oh, this is where all of society lives. It was like, we're going to find a nice place for people to live. We'll plop this thing down. And then they can kind of grow away from it into the nice, beautiful land that we are planning for them to find. This ship just didn't find that it found nothing. So they're very tightly packed because they have no choice. The rest of the planet is just not habitable and they don't have the technology present to make it habitable. And then they've just basically gotten stuck here. Sparks were not invented on this planet. They existed on Earth. They came with the settlers. They've always been around. Um, currently, there are not large conflicts between like this village and that village. That doesn't really happen. Mostly what it is is just crime and decay. So in the section above, when you were going past all of those signs, like you were just as likely to pass like a saloon and a brothel as you were to pass like a sketchy street doctor and people selling cut apart sparks. So really, it's just apathy that society is working and functional people live. They go to work, but crimes aren't punished well. They're not regulated well. It's very Wild West, just very tight. Um, So the main character in this story is a private investigator, which is basically just there was a spark that got chopped and its very wealthy owners could afford to pay a private detective to to try to find this person because otherwise it would never happen. A spark getting stolen off the street is not something that the established police would waste any time solving because no one got hurt. So why would they care? Um. So, yeah, the the world... Okay, so then, yeah, world of the past, I should really be talking about more than world right now. Sorry, no, no, I got a little fine. bit on a tangent there. Um, So, world of the past, though, Earth was not necessarily falling apart. It just reached a point where, hey, we can start to colonize, made these ships, um, sent them out. Yeah, like I said, this one found a sucky place to live. This is the second um, time you've done this, because I think you also did this for Waterworld. Oh, sorry, for Landworld. No, that one, the Earth, like, well, died. Yeah, well, they, yeah, but the Earth was dying, but they sent people out, and they just happened to land on a sucky planet. No, no, that one, they landed on a really, they, well, it, it's a little bit different. That one, yes, they landed they on a planet where there's planets. no water. So, yeah, it's a sucky planet. Yeah, but that was because of a hiccup in, like, a, yeah, so uh, it's the same what's it thing? called? You don't argue this. You wrote the same world twice. It's a little bit different. It's the same. The whole setting around it is different. Well, yeah, that one turned saying, into the Wild this is West. The second time when you've done it, it's like, oh yeah, we've tried to colonize it, you just ended up in hell. It's like, God crap. I like that idea of the tenuous nature that colonizing would be. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
it, it kind of reminds me of uh the latest alien movie yes. that I think was Alien Covenant. Where like they land on a planet and they're like, oh, this is nice, great, and then they just get infected by a virus yeah, and they die all get, like, right away. Massacred. Well, but if you think about it, like what happens frequently when like disparate countries came in contact with each other that were far away is like half of them would die because there was ailments that did not spread and people were not immune to. Um that happened a lot, right? So that would happen on other planets. Like, if we just were like, I'm going to land on any planet with air, we would land there and get infected by a disease that would immediately kill us. Um, so I find that kind of fascinating, that idea that it's like, ooh, like, it is really dangerous for a lot of reasons beyond air and water to colonize. So I like having that in my yeah. worlds. Um, that you might just roll the dice and find some place that sucks, even if it seems pretty habitable. It has to be perfectly habitable for it to work well, you know. Um, but yeah, so the whole history of this place, though, is just like slow adaptation and decay that led up to where we are now. Okay, no, I I, I like it. I <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry that I called this just your other world. No, it's okay. It it has yeah, similarities. No, it, has, it is a trope I mean, that it, I enjoy. It's, it's fine to have similarities, so you can probably find a trend in all of my worlds. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it's true because for both we're of us. the same like a two style people. That we That's why we have. need to have more guests because we're the same two people writing all these same topics. You're gonna start to see a trend of like the style that we like, and definitely with some of these magic worlds that I do, you're definitely gonna see the trends. And I I realized recently that I always see the trends like oh yeah, it's like these people, and then this malicious thing attacks, so they have to find a way to work together to defeat this malicious thing. Oh, yeah, and by the way, in the history, they fought this malicious thing once before, or maybe even created it. Dun, dun, dun. You know, it's just, I, I do that all the time. But yeah. It's okay to have Cody. a style. Look at Stephen King. Uh, all of his books talk, read the same. Oh, why? But I like I, Stephen I'm King. I'm not the biggest fan of him. I'm tired that he's like the only horror guy when it comes to. He's not the. Him we and don't Dean have to talk Koontz about this right now, Jordan. Only horror guys. Yeah, I guess guess who I like better? It's not Dean yeah, Koontz. I mean, true. <laughs> I mean, Dean Koontz is fine. Yeah, he's fine. I think Stephen King's a good writer. I, think <laughs> I don't think that about Koontz. <laughs> I, I think he's um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Solid B. Okay, so this is my part. So I liked your section, and this is my part three society history. Um, this will start off with a conversation between Alicia and Sherloft. Had to make sure I said that name right. Whoa, say that name again. Sherloft. That is a great name. Sherloft? Are we kidding with this? That's great. I can't tell I if love you're it. Like, making fun of me or if you're serious. It's a little bit of both, Jordan. Sherloft is a good name, though. <laughs> I still can't tell if you're, like, actually... He better be whimsical, Sherloft. Jordan. He better not just be, like, a guy named uh, Sherloft. He's just a guy like, named Sherloft. I'm sorry, dude. Anyways, now I don't like Sherloft. Sherloft. Alicia quickened her pace as she walked towards the council meeting. This was going to be the most important meeting of her life. The future of the entire world depended on her. This could either be a rash decision or it could save humanity. Alicia! Alicia! A voice called out to her. She turned to address the voice and it was Sherloft, a young member of the council. I wanted to talk to you before the meeting. I have heard some crazy rumors recently and wanted to speak towards their validity. He said, catching up, almost out of breath. Sherloft, I'm sorry to inform you, but the rumors are true. I have thought a long time about all of this, and I will not back down. She said back calmly. Then you mean to destroy the entire world, he snapped back. 
Come with me, she said, and led Sherloff to the balcony overlooking a dying wasteland. Look at this. The world is already destroyed. We built our kingdoms, and in order to advance our people, we sucked the magic right out of the planet. This is because of us. We need to return the magic to the land. But Madame Alicia, you mean to take our magic from us? You mean to leave us powerless? We can strive without magic. We did before all of this grandeur. What do we even use it for? Our own selfish desires? We are destroying our world. If we keep going that way, then soon there will be nothing left. I only want for all countries to, to return the magic that flows through us and our kingdoms to the land. If we do that, the land will flourish once more. The people won't stand for this. They will rise up and fight back against you. And that will be foolish. Take another look. The world as we know it is almost gone. Our rivers are almost dried up. The, planets, the plants are dying and the animals have almost nothing to eat. Sandstorms tear our cities apart and threaten to bury us forever. Is that what you want? The destruction of our world so that you can make flames explode from your hand? This power is for us to decide what to do with it. You cannot tell us how to use it. So be it, Sherloft. Do what you think is right, and I will as well. But no matter what, I am speaking from the heart at this council meeting today. So be it, Madame Alicia. I shall see you there. You are disgraced to Silotania. Alicia sighed and watched the young man storm off. <sighs> the young think they know everything, she said quietly to herself. Alicia wandered off to the castle garden before the meeting and stared at the dry soil and withering plants. She inhaled sharply and let the magic within her flow to her hands. The castle pillars beside her began to shake and crack, and then she channeled that energy into the soil. The ground loosened up, and the plants began to stretch out as their color returned to their leaves. That's all it will take, just one little sacrifice and the world will be saved. A kingdom for our lives. She stood up straight and began to walk towards the castle auditorium for the meeting. Okay, so again, explanation time! Because that, yeah. So before the swamp, there were the kingdoms of Silotania. But of course, as I said before, to channel magic, you need to take it from the planet. This was a kingdom that was built on magic. The original settlers spread out across their continent and fused with many other kingdoms. But because of their rise and overuse of magic, the land around them suffered. They used magic for literally everything. Vehicles to travel, entertainment, work, and even imbued their buildings with magic. But that continued use of magic had an impact on the world. The ground dried up and the plants died. The world outside of their beautiful kingdoms were, was dead. Until finally, the council that ruled over the kingdom began to second-guess themselves. Alicia, council major and highly respected woman in Silotania, posed that they needed to return the magic to the planet or the human race would die out. But of course, some people were not on board with this ultimate sacrifice. To return the magic to the ground and save the world was to get rid of the power that coursed through man and destroy the kingdoms that they lived in. In order to sustain the kingdom, magic was constantly sucked from the planet. The magic resided within the people and their kingdoms, but Elysia maintained that even without magic, mankind would be alright. They would figure out a way to move on and continue after the kingdoms crumbled. More than half of the council turned against her and civil war broke out. Those who wanted life 
to remain the same fought those who believed that giving up magic meant saving the world. Many died in the wake of the Civil War, both sides protecting what they believed was right. Finally, Alicia and her closest Alicia and her closest followers made the sacrifice that saved the world. They used their greater magics to absorb all magic in the kingdoms and the magics that flowed through the people. With all of this energy in hand, they returned it to the sunstone underneath them. Alicia's life faded and flowed back into the sunstone. In the wake of her sacrifice, the kingdoms crumbled and fell to the ground. Those who followed Alicia helped her build the world. Her followers found a protrusion of the planet's core and built a settlement on top of it. A group of officials were elected, and they became the elders that governed the new settlement. The elders make sure that magic is not abused and the world will never be at risk again. With the revival of Silotania and the creation of the swamp, those who opposed Alicia, Alicia crumbled and died as their bodies were filled with magic. But unfortunately, but unfortunately, their souls still roamed the swamp filled with malice. They were originally contained to the ruins of the old kingdoms, but as they grew in hate, they grew strong enough to leave those areas and attack the surviving humans. But of course, they cannot approach too close to the settlement as the planet's pure essence wards off the malcontent of their souls. But they still roam and attack and can attack humans upon donning a skull. And this is where we are today. Interesting. Still like my world so, or what? <laughs> yes. What's up? I'm interested about what your next section is going to be. Why? Because I, I honestly, this next section might be a little weak in, in comparison. That well, that's kind of well. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do my section because I'm curious about your next one. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you start off really strong, and then you're like, oh, what do I do with the rest of this? Well, what I mean is, it's like there's like a really solid narrative throughout all of these, and then it's just like it feels like it ended climactically with like this sacrifice back of magic mm -hmm. yeah you know and now i'm like so now what and again this is something i would really love to write a novel and we can talk about that later i'm just curious at the end of your world does everyone turn into magic soup except for like two kids that hate <laughs> each other yeah yeah kit and elder mayhun are the only ones still alive and kit starts choking <laughs> them as she looks off at um the giant form of alicia's like um head in a sea of red um blood yeah yeah that's exactly what happens we're talking about neon genesis <laughs> yes we are section four sparks can't die they've never Aww. been alive that is what I tell myself as I stare down at Vicky. Dang it, Cody. Oil and wires, oil and wires leaking from several clean round holes punched in their body. The light from the Love Hotel sign casts shadows over the room. I limp over to Willie Hell's body. He is cuffed and gagged. I got tired of listening to him yammer. I know. The calls gave me a bad feeling, like eating too many meals from uh, skewer street carts. I made all the right calls. Called the cops, they are on their way. Called the owner of the spark that got swiped, they are thrilled, sent me a check. They got their vengeance, and now they're ready to move on. While I waited, I looked up the standard sentence for dismemberment of a spark. Six months and a 200,000 coin fine. That seems fair, right? It's the same sentence for chopping a hover or a turb sled. There's actually no sentence for just killing a spark, only for theft. I look down at Vicky, still leaking on the carpet. People don't really ever kill Sparks. There's just no point, so why bother making laws about it? I walk out into the street. I light a glow stick. 
as the rain just tapers off. The street is turned into a mirror, a blurred inverse. Neo Village, a place of duality. Blood drips from my leaking wounds. I'm gonna have to get those patched real. I'm gonna have to get those patched up for real soon. Vicky used to do that for me. Every time I sprung a leak, there was Vicky. Now all that all that there is left is an oily stain on my boots. As I walk down the street, I can feel the slickness less and less as the water washes it away. Now I just need to find a new spark. I think there's a low-cost shop nearby somewhere. Time to get Vicky 15. So the okay, end of so this, the end of this is, was very much um, Lando and Solo mixed with Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I do kind of like the... Okay, so the the being honest with ourselves, maybe the theme of robot freedom in a solo story was maybe not well no, done, not but I thought it was interesting just because of the way droids are like kind of sentient but treated like slaves, and they but they just like are all just like oh, okay, I guess that's how it is, you know. Um, so with this world, what I kind of found fascinating about the idea of sparks that are dubiously conscious is like well someone buys them right like they aren't they aren't self-replicating that's not guaranteed that they're even alive and how do you tell um but people buy them and then own them and it's like um and then it's like you buy something and then it kind of seems alive you know what i mean and it's like "Mm, this is weird now you know what i mean it like gets into like this dubious ground um and the other kind of inspiration for the world was very noir. You know what I mean? There's like a private detective chasing something down. And at the end of it, this private detective basically finds out that it like didn't matter that she did this case. It's like, that was what like that little sentence is. It, like she thought it would have mattered that she stopped this guy from chopping up um, sparks, but it didn't. He's going to get six months to be back out on the street. Jeez, and that's, that's it. Bleak, dude. Um, well, and but it's like, but again, are they are they even no, alive? Who knows? She owns one, and that she kind of like felt some amount of affection towards, but then she just kind of has to walk away. It's like there's not even a sentence for just killing a spark. It's not illegal because no one does it because they're not ever hostile. Like if a spark's ever in your way, you just tell it to move and then it moves. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you could think about it as imagine calling the cops be, and then they're like, well, what, what did someone do? And you're like, they broke my computer. Like who gets the cops called on them for breaking someone's computer? Why would you even do that? Stealing it. Yeah. yeah but it's I, like, I, I, I get what you're saying. I was making a joke. I get what you're you saying. You would steal it. And especially in this society where it's like that type of stuff is definitely not going to be punished because they just have real crime to deal with, you know, that it's like, yeah, you'll get in trouble if you steal a million of them, but not for just smashing one. Who cares? Um, you know, they're probably insured, but this PI got hired by people that were angry. Yeah. You know, they got vengeance. So they're good now. That was all they really wanted. It was a personal slight, not because they cared about the spark that they Jeez. had. Um, Man, like this. So then at the, this is so cyberpunk end, and I hate it because it's so, it's yeah, so, it, it is, it really it falls is. In line. You did a good job creating a cyberpunk slash robots world, but, man well and that was like the thing at the end with the line about the grease on her boots wearing off as she walked down the street and then she just goes and buys a spark that she's naming vicky 15 because it's her 15th spark named vicky Gosh, man she always gets the same model and just names them vicky i know and it's so, <laughs> that's so impressive to me oh cody yeah 
Well, because like that was like the idea is that I wanted the point of view character for you to be like, oh, so she has a real relationship and then you find with her robot really. and she's going to care. And then it's like, no, this is the 15th one. This mm-hmm. has happened 14 other times where it's she's gone into arrest someone than her actual feelings yeah <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And, and even and probably not because how often do we go through cell phones you know what i mean it's Once like man break, break cell phones all the time <laughs> yeah yeah like that's how it is for her she had she had vicky 14 for five years but you know before that man she chewed through them fast Jeez, I, I i hate that i like that because that is such a like it's the gritty cyberpunk feel. Yeah, it was supposed to be very noir. Yeah, that was and my I mean, idea. Was to do you like a, do a good job at writing yeah, westerns and writing noir. <laughs> Turns out, growing up, had a very lengthy section of my life where I got way into film noir. Loved it. It has. Oh man. Oh, I didn't tell you about watching Double Indemnity. I watched a noir this weekend with a friend, and oh my gosh, I forgot how hilarious they are. Oh, so much good stuff in noir. But we we should do an episode on noir. Oh, totally. Actually. That can be one of the that. fillers. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, we can do a noir. I don't know much about noir, so I would like. I can send you I some. I would links. like to know more about it. So yeah, we can totally do. Yeah, we'll both watch noir then talk. Oh about yeah, no, it. I would love to do that. Let's do that. Um, okay. Although noir very sexist. Who women are bad. Women are bad in noir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I know a little bit about Noir because the Bioshock Burial at Sea um, DLC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. <laughs> is the only woman in the whole thing super evil? We need to play that together so you can decide yourself. Because if she's not, it's not Noir. She has to be absolutely irredeemably satanic. We, you, you, need to, you really need to play it. Anyhow, okay, so here's my very last part. Hopefully my eyes hold up for this. because Sorry, um, inside baseball, I am tired, so my eyes are blurring a little bit, and it's getting harder, hard to actually follow my notes. So here's the last part. Conversation between Kit and Elos, and Kit we met in the second part. Kit, I know what you are up to. You aren't fooling anyone, Elos said, pulling Kit aside one day. What do you mean? I haven't done a damn thing. I've seen you go out with those boys, and despite his loyalty, Jarvis is a horrible liar. You've been coming back way after sunset. <sighs> I knew I shouldn't have trusted a guy whose only job is shooting fire arrows. I know you have been going into those ruins and collecting... things. But you need to stop. The elders will find out and banish you. Using, using the energy of this world for your own selfish reasons is strictly forbidden. You're such a stick in the mud, Elos. And plus, this isn't a selfish reason. I am trying to protect us from the skulls before anyone else ends up like Jody. We aren't just exploring and playing like little kids. The ruins hold many weapons and tomes on how to channel the planet's magic. These could be the key to driving out the skulls. But that isn't your job, Kit. The skulls can't approach the city, so we are safe. You don't have to risk your neck. I know you are set upset about Jody, but that can't be helped. Look, Jody was like a father to me, and I could do nothing while he got attacked out there in the Badlands. Jody is gone, and we continue to do nothing. I know you aren't the only one hurting right now, but that doesn't mean you have to gather up a bunch of rough-and-tumble boys and go exploring. You've got this all wrong. It's really hard to follow, isn't it? Because I'm using the same voice twice. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. You're fine. You've got this all wrong. 
There are many men and women from all tribes across the basket. They are dedicated to protecting us from the skulls. We aren't just little boys and little girls hoping to be heroes. We are people who don't want to see anyone else get hurt. All across the basket are many tragedies like Jody's, but we can stop this by driving off the skulls. But you know using magic drains the life from the planet. The elders aren't trying to put us in danger, but if you start using magic, then the next guy will start. And then the next guy will use magic, and someone else will be like, Why are they using magic and I can't? Next, people will be fighting over magic. And finally, everyone's using magic and draining it from the planet for their own purposes. The elders don't want this world to die. That's why they forbid it. I'm not using magic willy-nilly, and also I don't want... Our use of magic to spread and kill our world, but something needs to be done. And right now, it seems like I am the only one doing it. Kit, just be careful. The elders will come for you, and fending for yourself out there during the night is near impossible. I am just worried about you and your friends. I think I can handle myself just fine, but I hear you, and we will be safe. And with that... Kit walked towards the dock to meet up with her crew. And here is the grand finale explanation. So the basket is a gigantic settlement of houses in the tree surrounding the white tree that sits upon the world crystal. There are many shards of the sunstone that are connected to the ground in the world crystal. Because of this, they always burn brightly and protect the settlement from all harm. Inside of the basket, there are eight different tribes that watch out and protect their own people. But of course, all of these tribes report to the elders, those minds who are deeply connected to the histories of this world. They only want to stop the world from becoming a wasteland as it was before. Each tribe spreads out during the day and gathers materials from the swamp in order to survive day by day and help the settlement strive. These materials are sold and traded like any other place. The crystal is the oldest part of this world and the source of all life, so to a point it is revered like a god. The elders and the people want no harm to befall the crystal, and this is much different from the world before, who used the power without even thinking of the consequences. The basket is usually peaceful, but recently there have been more and more incidents where people have been attacked by the skulls, and thus there are those who want to rise to action. A young woman, Kit Eldritch, leads this cause to take on the skulls and protect the basket even though the elders forbid it. She helps lead a team of men and women who explore the ruins of the Kingdom of Silotania. Together, they gather weapons and information on how to better use magic and drive out the skulls. But they are aware that by using magic, they take from the planet. So they are strict with not using magic unless necessary. Some elders turn a blind eye, knowing that the intention is good. Others are wary of this and seek to find proof of their treachery and banish them from the basket. But despite the risk, Kit and her gang fight to protect the basket from the threat of the skulls. The elders have not told the people the true nature of the skulls and the ruins throughout the Badlands, and thus, by traveling to the ruins, Kit's team is slowly learning from the world before them. They are taking weapons from those ruins and learning ways to maximize the efficiency of their magics. But the battle will be long as the skulls are only evil spirits and can only be destroyed by direct contact direct contact to the Sunstone. Kit's team only hopes to drive off the Skulls and make their land safer. 
Unlocking the mystery behind the runes and their magics is how they hope to achieve that goal. Kit's group does not go by any name as that would draw attention to them, so they use the code word Jody in order to alert the other members. No one can join unless they talk to Kit. She monitors who knows her secret closely. The members of the group... Wow, here we go, my eyes are dying. The members of that group know <laughs> when and where to meet. They only discuss such things in the Badlands because doing otherwise would alert the elders. Together, she believes they can protect the basket from the skulls and hopes to master magic all while protecting the life of the world. And that is my finale. I like Thank that. You. I kind of like that end of like the danger of maybe history repeating yeah. itself. And like learning that that happened and then having to be burdened with wanting to stop this malicious force, but also not wanting to become that malicious force pretty much like by using the magic. So, yeah, right, right. No, I, I think that's a good way to do it. I think that makes yeah. sense. I, I really, really enjoyed writing this. <laughs> I also like how magic wasn't super well defined either. It was just kind of like using it's bad. And that was more yeah. of the focus. I, I I also thought that was a good idea. Some sort of energy that you channel from the swamp in order to use it. So, like, it can be... in. If I was to write more of this, it, will be, it would be more, quote-unquote, defined. But I do want to use it looser. Like, it's any type of energy that you can think to flow through you. Rather than be like, ah, doing this specifically creates fire magic. If you would do this spell, it creates this magic. I want it to be more loosey goosey. No, I like that. I think I think that was I think that's a smart way to do it because the drama comes not from like what can you do, but doing it, just yeah. doing it. Yeah, is what the problem is. Yeah, no, I, I I love I love this idea. Can anyone use magic in your world? I guess it's like doesn't necessarily matter, but is it just like if you find out? Yeah, how to if do you it, find you out how to channel you have... it, you you can. Anyone is capable of doing it. Oh yeah, so then it's like just one person can yeah, screw. Yeah, and it that's up why the elders everybody. keep the whole like very close. It's like no one can do magic because if one guy starts, then the next guy, then everybody's using magic. Like, oh, I can like shoot fire on hands. Oh, then, yeah. Like I said, it's like oh, then everybody's like, why is that guy using magic and I can't? It's yeah, yeah. It's like a slippery yeah. slope, and that, that that's what I wanted to create. And like so, the whole term was magic, and I always did it before. Of oh, these people. Like, can do this type of magic, but I wanted this one to be more like the planet itself is magic, and the magic is completely derived from it, and no one themselves is magic, but, like, they can access the magic. And so, yeah, no, I think that I think that makes sense. Yeah, no, I like I, it. I, I'm, I'm happy with it, and so that was my world, and yeah, hopefully, when you roll, wink, wink, hint, hint, when you oh, roll, yeah, shoot, I have to um, roll, <laughs> we'll get a good world that we can both expand on really well. Yeah, I actually have the roll chart open and everything. I have a feeling that's not true. <laughs> no, I, I really do. What I don't have is a dice. There it is. Okay. Oop, shoot. Off the table. Doesn't count. Jordan, I Oh lost my, my dice. god. Cody, this is why you don't roll. This is why this episode's so long, because Cody just threw his dice off the table and is just like walking around aimlessly. Aren't there dice like right behind you? Number one, boy band world. You son of a... <laughs> I crit failed. That's why I put the worst oh, one so at number one, because it is the oh, hardest so one to write. Oh, Jordan, I'm so excited. I, I already I, know what I'm doing. I already got it. I, it came to me oh immediately. My gosh. I need to take off the second musical world and put in... Oh, well, I have a new... I have a... <laughs> 
No, that's too mean to put as a crit one. I was gonna put Dr. Seuss World Everything Rhymes as a crit fail, but that would be yes. so hard to do. It would be the <laughs> that worst. would be near impossible I love it. to do, and I'm not doing it. So well, I'll think I will think of a number one to throw in. A really bad number one. So yeah, we crit failed, so we have to do an awful world next week. It's going to be boy band world. I'm gonna double check with Cody to make sure I'm we're not writing the same idea, because I can literally only think of one way of doing this. And anywho, that was the episode. Um, since Cody, you rolled, I'm gonna go for some plugs. You can catch me at something, I guess, zero, zero. I know my streaming schedule has been all bonkers recently. I haven't really been streaming, but I'll be back to it. Um, you can find us on Twitter. I was about to say Instagram, but we're not on Instagram. On Twitter, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Play, and iTunes. Please, please, please rate and subscribe. That will really help us make the show better and also give us some sort of feedback since we literally have none. Come on, guys. Um, and also, if you want to throw in your world idea or have any other suggestions for this podcast, please email me at worldshoppodcasts at gmail.com. And that will be in the episode links. I'll put that first so people will start emailing us. Anywho, Cody, where can we find you? Okay, so you can find me at the Wandering Gamer Network. If you Google that, you'll find our website. If you use podcast at... Okay, so long story short, my podcast broke. It's fixed now. If you use Podcast Addict to listen to our podcast, use the iTunes search engine. Subscribe to that podcast. You got us. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can also find us on Podcast Republic. Oh, Podcast. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're on Podbean or Podcast Republic. So those are all the ways to find us. If you use a podcatcher on your phone and that podcatcher is Podcast Addict, main thing to do is unsubscribe from our old podcast and resubscribe to the one that you find by searching in iTunes. Never use a budget podcast hosting website. By the way, I left in what we said last week, so... Yeah, no, because <laughs> I think we need to have that. Well, it's been resolved now. I am missing exactly one episode. I am working on But again, on if it. you guys are getting into your own podcasting, there is, as I said, if okay, if you want to look at the review that I posted on um, Podcast Garden, you can, but there is a way of doing it cheap, and there is a way of doing it right. Do not just go for the cheapest option because you might get screwed later. So You'll regret it. Just, You'll regret it when yeah, you lose Yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, backlog. but there are a lot of podcast sites that have free trials and have free options. Just don't go for the cheapest thing you find. So yep. that just that's be, be forewarned. But that's like, it. We, we got screwed. It happened. We all regret it, but we move forward with Podbean, which they are the best right now, and I love Podbean, and I'm so glad that we made the switch. Anywho, sorry to ramble. That's nope. We'll talk to y'all later because <laughs> I got made fun of for saying what I was about to say. So we'll talk to y'all later. See you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Bye.